Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast with Talk Sports. I'm Jared Kimber and I'm sitting by a pool in St. Lucia with former England Test fast bowler, very fast bowler, Alex Tudor. We'll be building up to the first T20 International. We'll be hearing from returning England batsman Dawood Milan and we're trying to try and work out as best we can who is actually in the West Indies squad for tomorrow's game. You're listening to following on. Well, I'm here by the plunge pool in our villa, which makes it sound a little bit more um, fancy than it is, um, uh, with Alex Tudor, who talks sport to have flown over uh, for the for the T20 leg of this series. And of course, Tudor, uh, you've got Bayesian roots, and TalkSport have decided to send you over when uh, there's no games in Barbados. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, when my parents found out that um, I was coming out to the West Indies, they were obviously thinking, "Oh, so you'll you, you'll be coming, you'll be coming home, you'll be coming." to the Kensington Oval and I was like no I'm going to St Lucia St Kitts so they were a little bit disappointed but it's all good I'm just happy to be out here Um, phenomenal team obviously award winning team that I'm joining so there's no pressure there Um, lads have done absolutely phenomenal while being out here so I'm just happy to come out here and join and yeah seeing that first game um, you know the last one where England sadly got bowled out for 113 um, I was hopefully going to hopefully see a, a little bit more run especially when it was 800 runs scored in in the last game but it was just totally different wasn't it it was um a little bit of bounce and it unsettled our guys didn't really know a way of dealing with it which was a little bit of a worry really because obviously people are now saying look can we only play on flat wickets can we can we not play on bouncy turning wickets so they're gonna to have to address that and I think Owen Morgan and obviously Trevor Bayliss have said look it needs addressing um and then obviously just seeing Chris Scale obviously a lot I've seen a lot of him you know, either through doing it on radio or on TV, not seeing it live, 
in the flesh and it was something to behold um, just the brutality and how dismissive he was of our bowlers you know everyone was sort of saying oh we're looking for the, the Mark Wood battle with Chris Gale well it was like me bowling at my four year old son it was, it, was, it was absolutely crazy just the disrespect and the ease of how he basically cleared the ground hitting it on the second tier I mean people in the, in the crowds really have to be careful these days I think they should be selling hard hats um, because the brutality of how the lads hit it now is, is scary. And, uh, I mean, we talk about the brutality of how they hit it. We've got now two of the best T20 teams in the world. I know the World T20 is uh, well, a little while away, but teams are already starting to think about it. Um, it's quite exciting, though, to think we're going to see, you know, two of the best uh, international World T20 sides coming, coming um, playing each other. You know, how do you feel about that? Yeah, really excited. Obviously, England um, and the West Indies are going to be favourites uh, with, obviously, India. Um, you know they're a quality side and as you said they've got such a long batting order but you know lads that are able to you know from ball one can go I know Chris Gales generally takes his time first but if he is in one of those moves like he was the other day and he goes from ball one then you know everyone's in trouble but it's going to be great great to see um, hopefully it'll be packed crowds here at the Darren Sammy Stadium in St Lucian and when we fly over to St Kitts um and I'm excited just to see what England have got to offer because obviously we've got a few lads flying back for various reasons. Um, so obviously it gives the fringe players an opportunity to come in, show them what they're about because, you know, trying to get into this England side is hard. And, and when guys are, are doing so well, you know, when you get that opportunity, you've got to make sure you're game ready. So, you know, they're going to make sure, you know, when they're training like they were today or whatever, they're training hard, just ready for, you know, when their opportunity comes that they're going to obviously want to stake their claim. And yeah, we're expecting a couple of changes. Obviously, Mo's going home, um, so it won't be the normal um, English sort of spin uh, team. But also, uh, we're, we're guessing that David Willey might get a run. He's obviously been out here for a while. He struggled a little bit uh, uh, with with uh, Perth in, in, the, uh, in the Big Bash, and now he's in a position where he's on the outer of the one-day team, and there's obviously Jofra is uh, <laughs> sort of um, haunting yeah. around. So it's quite an important little series for David Willey if he gets a go. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, you know, I've, I've been in those situations where you know you're on a tour and you're constantly training but you're not getting gameplay and it can become frustrating and and as you say when you can hear the murmurs of Joffrey Archer in the background you're sort of thinking hang on a minute I've not had an opportunity so if he does get a chance and I think he may do on on this um, small trip now with his T20s he has to make sure he's on his on his money as you rightly said he he didn't have a great time out in Perth so he's gonna have to come here and make sure he's ready to show everyone what he's about because he's going to want to be a massive part of that T20 World Cup when it comes about. So, you know, and the likes of, you know, if Joe Denley plays, you know, how are England going to use him? Um, you know, is he going to open a bat in? Is he going to bat at three? Is he... Well, in the, uh, I think the last T20, he batted at six and seven. I mean, yeah. my running joke is there's no hole in the England team that Joe Denley isn't willing to fit. <laughs> like, if they literally said to him tomorrow, we want you to open the bowling for the first few overs and then take the gloves um, and, and keep. <laughs> I, I almost feel like he would do that. I mean, he's such a versatile player, but is he quite good enough at this level, do you think? Listen, I, I'm a big fan of Joe's. I'm, I remember playing against him as a young man um, when we were sort of playing second. While well, I was coming to the back end of my career, he was just starting his career. And I just liked the elegance of how he played, made it look very easy. I know he did a, a couple of years um, in the winter going out to Australia, and that seemed to take his game to the next level. And I just think through maturity, the move to Middlesex didn't quite work the way he would have liked. And most probably Middlesex would like, went back to Kent. The rest is history. You know, scored a lot of runs and, and leadership sort of helped him in that. And I think he's 32. He's got a child now and everything. And sometimes with that, it just gives you that sense of 
um, well, I know for me, when I when I got a child, when I was still playing, it just, you know, that look of that little one when you come in and you've had a bad day and the kid doesn't really care because it doesn't know anything about it and you can just relax and, and just play your game. And I think that's what Joe's done. He's a much better player now. Good player. I think I think he can play at the top level. I, I don't know about his bowling enough. I know he does, you know, in the T20 Blast, he had a phenomenal season and got a lot of wickets bowling front up. At international level, it's going to be slightly different. So it'd be interesting if he does play how England use him. But I always think when you come into the international stage, you want to be used how you are at your county a little bit because that's why you've got selected. But when you're playing with elite players, you don't sometimes get an opportunity. So as you said, whatever opportunity he gets now at this age of 32, I guess he, he'll, he will take it. Well, he certainly take almost every opportunity. He's almost been given about seven um, so far in, in the last little while since he's had his recall. And talking about a player who's um, trying to make the most of his opportunity, Andrew McKenna spoke to Dawood Milan. Well, David, welcome along to the Caribbean. Only a few days ago playing in the, uh, the PSL. How much does that prepare you for a, a situation like this? Yeah, look, playing 2020 cricket and then being picked in a 2020 squad sort of helps a lot. Um, you know, it would have been different if you gone from playing a four-day game to, to 2020 but look it, it, it gives you that momentum and, and the belief that playing in that format um, that if you do get the opportunity to play for England in this series or I get the opportunity to play for England in this series that I'm I'm ready for it. The other thing is it means you've been playing cricket rather than just being in a net somewhere back at home. Yeah definitely um, time in the middle is always important whether you're scoring runs or not it's always good good to get in the middle and, and, and to, to be in those pressure situations more often than not so um, I think it definitely helps that I've been around playing. Were there many bowlers in the PSL bowling at 140 kph and above? Because there are a couple of guys here who are. Yeah, look, actually, the, you'd be surprised how strong the bowling attacks are in the PSL, actually. You know, um, Andre Russell just came from there. He can bowl pretty sharp, and, and they've sort of found a few emerging players, and one of them was clocking 152 the other night. So they've they've got some pace in, in the PSL as, as well as the spin. So, um, But it is always a challenge, especially when you see how well Thomas has been bowling and these guys have been doing out here with, with, with the West Indies. So, um, look, it is always a challenge when you face that but it's it's about backing your own abilities in that situation you must have kept across the one day series even though you were in the PSL what have you made of it it's been a fantastic series hasn't it it's um the West Indies have played fantastic cricket at times and and so have the England boys you know when Chris Gale's going it's pretty hard to stop him I think even if he's called 400 you're you're a bit bit nervous when he comes off but um look it's it's fantastic to see the West Indies playing playing great white ball cricket um you know they're a fantastic team they've always been fantastic so um and it was I think it's a good test for especially for the ODI team um to be pushed just before the World Cup because I think it was it was good that they were pushed that they could learn a bit more about themselves um before that World Cup so I think it was a good learning curve for, for the boys. As a top order batsman, just give me your thoughts on Chris Gale because do you find yourself thinking, what on earth is he doing there? I mean, are even you surprised at the level you've played at of what someone like Chris is doing? I look at him and think, what am I doing here? If he, you're hitting it like that, what am I doing here? So, uh, but look, he, look, he's a fantastic player. He's been fantastic for years, and you know, he's he's rewritten 2020 cricket in the way it should be played, and 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 with the strength and the power that he has um, on his day, he can win a game single-handedly, and and he's shown that in this in this one-day competition, uh, in the one-day comp, how good a player he is, and you know, I think people were writing off writing him off a few times, um, a couple of maybe a year ago or, or so on but look he's, he's a fantastic player and when you have that strength and that power um, it's impossible to stop so yeah to answer your question I look at him and I think I wish I were you I wish I was as big as you and I wish I was as strong as you <laughs> On your own game it's a slightly strange situation people tend to get picked on red ball or white ball you've managed to get picked as a red ball player and a T20 player 
but never as an ODI player. There, there, there can't be many like that. Can you explain that? Uh, well, I can explain the fact that the England White Ball 50 over team has been fantastic over the last three to four years. They've been really settled and I think that's part of the success. There hasn't been a lot of chopping and changing. So to get into that, it has to be people having injuries or, or something like that. So it almost makes it virtually impossible to get in. And, um, so when you do get those opportunities, you're going to have to make them count. And my opportunities have come in, in, in Red Bull and, and, and 2020s. So, um, you know, if I score runs, if I do play a game and I, and I score runs here, then um, hopefully you can still be in that next lot, next in line, that pick and order for the 50 overs as well. well so it used to be the case that you did well in white ball cricket, you got picked for test matches. You must still be hoping with a test match future that that will still be the case, that you can produce with white ball. And I mean, Ed Smith has said he thinks you can still play and, and be a part of it. Yeah, obviously, look, it's it's all about the amount of runs you score, you know, you and, and you want to go out and score as many runs as you can. And for me to play for England across all three formats, I've got to score a hell of a lot of runs to, to get back in there. And this is a good starting point for me. If I do do get an opportunity to play in these 2020s, or even if it's one game, it's a great opportunity for me to show what I can do. You know, average 50 at strike rate of 150 in 2020 international cricket. So, um, you know, I haven't done much wrong with that, but it just shows the strength of of this England white ball sort of group that, uh, you know, you you can score that amount of runs and still struggle to get back in or, or be struggle to become a regular. So, look, it's it's still my dream to play cricket across all formats for England and hopefully this is a stepping stone towards that. How good a place do you think cricket is generally at the moment? I mean, in this series, we just had Chris Gale in the, the 50 overs. This summer for Middlesex, you're going to be playing alongside A.B. de Villiers. Some of the best players in the world at the moment are playing in 2019. Yeah, look, it's it's fantastic for cricket. I think cricket fans around the world are a little bit spoiled at the moment. Um, maybe after that World Cup and a few people hang those boots up, it might be a little bit different and you might have to catch them on the 2020 scene. But look, I think it's fantastic, fantastic um, opportunity for people around the world to see the best players in action and, and for players like myself to play against them and, and, and with them. So um, from that point of view, I, yeah, I think it's an exciting year. Uh, thanks to Maka for talking to Dawood Milan. Uh, it's quite interesting him talking about all formats of the game and wanting to play, play in those because uh, you've got a bunch of... Of, uh, West Indian players now who have the ability to play in all formats of the game and it wasn't that long ago they were seen as T20 or bust yeah you're right and I, you know I still remember David getting that fantastic 100 against Australia and I'm sure a lot of English supporters will still remember that and it's funny how you know that wasn't too long ago and all of a sudden he's he's drifted out of the side so he's rightly said that you know if this series can sort of get him back in the limelight get his name out there in lights and he can do well hopefully that can trigger the mind of the selectors and the captain to obviously getting back into the longer format and to the 50 overs which he still dreams of playing but uh, this this West Indies side I'm just I'm just going to take you through this is very quick I went through what I think could be the best West Indies T20 side we could open with Evan Lewis and Chris Gale I think Shimron Hetmeyer comes in at three Puran would take the gloves and bat at four Rovman Powell at five geez he hits a good ball Kyron Pollard behind him also hits a good ball to be fair Andre Russell uh, he's a handy cricketer Sunil Narine Kimo Paul Rakeem Cornwall as the, um, as the spinner batting at ten and he also he, he opens um, the batting for St Lucia which tells you how deep that batting is and then you can pick Sheldon Cottrell Obed Bacoy um, O'Shane Thomas and you know uh, you know, or bring in another spinner if you wanted uh, someone like Bishu if you wanted a leg spinner as well it's a phenomenal lineup that they could have but it doesn't sound like it's the team we're going to see no you never know with the West Indies do you unfortunately with their board and, and how things are happening um, who's going to be selected but as you rightly said I mean you go through that team and as an ex-bowler you know you get nervous with the names that are coming in I mean we all forget that Narayan opens the batting for his franchise out in the IPL and did extremely well so, you know, you have someone possibly coming in at nine that can smack you to all parts. So, 
it's a devastating team. It's a team that has a lot of brutality in it. Um, I don't think if you look at them really, you're going to see a lot of ones and twos <laughs> and they'll be going for boundaries. Um, so as a bowler, you need to get it right, be clear in your mind, your thought process, what you're trying to achieve. Mm. You don't want to be muddled in your mind at all. So if you're going to go for your Yorker, make sure you do it. I mean, the bouncers, I was talking to Chris Gell just after his innings the other day and I was just saying, look, you know, as a bowler, well, where do you bowl? Because, you know, the boundaries are not big enough if you go short because you're still going to go for it. You know, 55-yard boundary, 60-yard boundaries at, a, at, a, at the peak and you're thinking, that's just not big enough. Mm. So you have to be right in your mind with your captain as a bowler, what you're going to try and do execute it and then just pray to the gods really that everything's going to work out because I said I mean it's frightening now I mean the lads are so big I'm not a small guy and, and these lads just dwarf me in width and height as well so you know it can be intimidating for a bowler running into these lads when they're basically either advancing towards you or they're just showing you the stumps and saying listen I'm showing you the stumps but I'm just going to plaster you over an extra cover for six or over deep mid wicket or 360 around the ground there's nowhere to hide as a bowler but, but let's talk about the fact that we are 25 hours from the game as we record this podcast. And we're, as far as I'm aware, there's no score, squad has been announced. Now, uh, you've been checking Instagram yep. and I've been checking my WhatsApp. Uh, we know that some of the players are in Pakistan. We know that some of the players are in Miami. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's an incredible situation. So basically what we think has happened is the West Indies Cricket Board have decided, perhaps through the head coach, we're not quite sure, mm. to keep the same squad as the one-day team which sounds like they're going against what they've told some of the T20 specialists like Narine and Pollard and Russell. And they're going to keep this one-day team as the T20 squad to prepare for the World Cup. But there's obviously an inherent risk there because they're playing against a very good England side and they could get smashed when they probably had the better T20 side. Um, and also, they're risking alienating uh, a bunch of their senior players again. Uh, it's a very interesting strategy that we're not even sure they're doing yet. For all we know, Corin Pollard's on a plane and, and Russell's about to come back from Miami. I think for you know avid West Indian supporters and people that know what's happened over the years, that that's not of a surprise, Gerard, to be fair. I mean, it's a, it's an utter mess. You know, I speak to a lot of the old heads of the game. You know, your Michael Holdings, your Joel Garners, your stuff like that. Even Joel's obviously you know, with the board or, you know, he's, or was, you know, he's, he's with them. So, you know, it's just interesting, you know, they just can't come to an agreement. As you said, they've been obviously told some of the senior players that they're going to come back in. But when you're getting these senior players, you don't want them carrying drinks. I said, I checked Instagram this morning and uh, the big man, Dre Russ is, is uh, in Miami. So (laughs) it's, it's interesting to see what team is selected tomorrow. They may want to keep, the squad of this one day side together but as you rightly said they're playing against the number one team in the world and can get beaten very very badly so and you don't really want that um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens A what the team they select and B what will happen with these senior players are they going to just come back in for the World Cup um, because they're going to need gameplay before then and will that put some of the nose of the younger lads who've put in the hard work prior to that hoping to try and get into the squad out of touch and then you've got that sort of disarray in the change room you just don't know but it's one that I don't have to sort out and thank God I don't (laughs) thanks for listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or via your favourite podcast provider so that you will never ever miss an episode
following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.